Hello everyone, welcome back to Sports and Spice. This is episode 12. Um, sorry, I've kind of taken a break because of school and everything, but it's Christmas break, so I thought might as well make another one because I enjoyed a lot. Um, today I have my dad and my brother with me. Uh, say hello, guys. Merry Christmas, everyone. Sup? Sup? Yeah, sup. Well, we have a lot to talk about um, because I haven't done one since the jazz season started. And the jazz season hasn't gone the way everyone thought it would. So we have a lot to talk about. So what have you guys thought about the jazz season so far? So I, I think the jazz are in a little bit of a pickle, if you ask my opinion. They're way better than we thought, anyone thought. Like, they're way better than we thought. And they've overachieved as far as anyone would have said. And were an eight seed in the West. And I, I, I don't know. I don't know what you do with that, Charlie. Uh, it feels like, what, what do you do? Well, so... Everyone thought that the Jazz were going to tank because we traded away Donovan and Rudy and we got all these picks and we wanted Wembyama, right? But right now, it's looking more that the way we can get Wembyama is through the Timberwolves because the Jazz are performing better than the Timberwolves, as at least as of right now, which is interesting. But, yeah, like we went to the first game this season... And we were expecting them to get killed. It was against the, the Nuggets, right? Yeah, they it was the Nuggets. Nuggets. Yeah. And they performed... I think they won by like 20. They won by like 20. And Laurie Markkinen looked incredible. And the Snells looked really great all season. <clears throat> Just... There's a different feel about this team that I think people were expecting. Versus sure. a good feel. Good feel. For sure. They, they totally, I think, surprised everyone. I remember at the beginning of the season, before the season started, Zach Lowe, do you know who he is? He's an uh-huh. ESPN writer. He was ranking, like, all the NBA teams in terms of watchability, like what would be the most fun to watch, and he ranked the Utah Jazz dead last. So, I mean, I think a lot of people had low expectations, and they've totally overcome those, but Dad is right. <clears throat> I think they're, they put themselves in a pickle, in the sense that it's too late for Victor. I mean, you'd have to be one of the worst four teams to have a, the best chance at the number one pick, which he will be. And there's no way they're going to drop far enough to be with Charlotte and Orlando and uh, San Antonio and, and those teams. You know, it's too late. But I, I think, you know, even with how well the Jazz have played, they're not going to make it past the first round of the playoffs. So I think there are some positives. Um, I think the Jazz have learned um, about the players that they got back in the deal. I think probably the Jazz would have even have told you that Colin Sexton was the best player coming back in the Donovan Mitchell trade. And obviously that has not been the case. It has been Markkanen. So that was a valuable lesson for the Jazz to learn. They've learned, you know, Beasley's pretty good. They've learned Clarkson, you know, can do more than just score and, and kind of be a sixth man. that He can kind of contribute to, to winning. But I don't know what you do with those lessons. I don't know, because you're not good enough, but you're not bad enough. So we're essentially the same place we've been. So we blew it up, and I'm not sure what's different, you know. We've, we've exchanged Donovan Mitchell for Laurie Markkinen. And Rudy Gobert for, you know, depth or whatever you want to say. But it feels like we're the same, does it not? If anything, we're worse in the regular season. We'll probably have the same playoff result. Maybe win a first-round series once in a blue moon, but not always. I feel like the, the difference I see, I mean, at least maybe this is my personal opinion, is Will Hardy has created already an environment that the, all these players are fighting their butts off every time they're on the court where with Quinn sometimes I feel like the players would not I don't feel like they'd give up maybe but they would where this team I don't feel like gives up they're always always fighting especially that one game against who was it 
Jordan Poole, the Warriors. Mm-hmm. They had no shot of winning that game. And they were like down by four with like 20 seconds left and came back and won. So, so I feel like we're having two separate conversations right now. So maybe we need to take a step back and see what we want, want to talk about. Because I feel like the culture that is being set, which is what you're referencing, like the current culture, is really solid and really good and really positive. But, like, long-term, what does the Jazz winning right now mean for the team? You know what I mean? Yeah. Because um, I do think, and, and not that, I don't think the Jazz ever should have, like, you know, not played the guys and lost on purpose. Because then I don't think teams do necessarily recover from that culture-wise. And I think the culture is super solid. And the players, I mean, what do you think? That On a scale of 1 to 10, how much do the players enjoy playing together this year compared to last year oh yeah you can it, it, they're you way can more tell, fun. Yeah. they're way more fun to watch this year they they're, just really are they way they like each other they play for each other i don't think either of those statements were the case last year uh-huh. so it is fun they are fun. like going back to that zach Lowe thing they're super fun to watch i i think what i was just trying to say is you know so what you know that what's the end goal is the end yeah. goal to be fun to watch or is the end goal to win a championship? The end goal is for sure to win a championship. And that's why they got all these picks, hopefully. But Jay, you make a good point, yeah. So if, if I were the Jazz right now, and maybe they'll go on another winning streak and things will change, I would probably stay put, see how the season goes, it looks like we're going to probably get at least two pretty good draft picks. They keep saying that it's a deep draft. Maybe those two guys, maybe somehow we can work something out to get a really good draft pick. It's not going to be that guy. Yeah. It's not gonna, no. He's out. Yeah. But maybe we can still get a really good player. And... I'm telling you, I think the Jazz should still be open to getting more assets if teams want our some of our guys. Because long term, that's how the Jazz are going to maybe become a champion. It's not going to be that we're going to trade for this guy or this guy or a free agent's going to come. It's going to have to be through the draft. So if we can get all these assets and continue to, maybe there is going to be a chance. I would stay open to that. I agree. I I agree. I mean, I, I would still be open to taking on, you know, Russell Westbrook's contract if we could get those two Laker first picks, first round picks and giving them Conley and Clarkson or, you know, what whatever the case may be. Because the more, the more bites of the apple you have, the better chance um, you have of, you know, hitting something. Because like, you know, we were saying, Victor is out of the question at this point, so we're going to have to hope to hit on, you know, a mid-teens pick, which for sure there have been mid-teens picks who have turned into superstars, like a.k.a. Kawhi Leonard. And I think even Danny Ainge talked about this right in an interview, like Kawhi Leonard, Devin Booker, even Donovan Mitchell are those kind of guys, but it's just harder, right? Mm-hmm. So it's for sure possible, but um, yeah, I think they've been super fun. And also with going along with dad uh, on terms of making a move, now might be a good time because I'm not sure some of these players' value is going to be higher than it is right now with how well they've played. Like, I don't know, Beasley might be as hot as he's going to get. So you might want to capitalize on that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He's a really good shooter. I did not know he could shoot that well. But he, no he's like our best shooter probably on our team. What was... Not, I, come on. I gotta be... I mean, Rudy Gobert's awesome. Oh. But what was Minnesota thinking on that trip? I was going to say, one person we ought to talk about is Kessler. Minnesota, dude. They have given us all these guys, all these <laughs> draft picks... Come on. It's not working out for them, is it? it putting Towns and Gobert in the same lineup is I just you know what, not though? smart. you got to respect him for taking a shot. It yeah. was like when the Jazz traded for Mike Conley. Yeah. They took a shot. Because they knew what they had wasn't enough to get over the hump. But Mike Conley maybe could have been enough. He maybe could have been that. And for a second, it looked like, okay, maybe that was going to work, right? Didn't end up working. But Minnesota took a shot. And I think sometimes as a 
fan of an organization, don't you sometimes want your team to take a shot? Oh, for sure. That's, that's, a, that's a great point. Unfortunately for Minnesota, and I agree, great point on taking a shot. They're going to deal with the consequences, I think, for the next six years. They lost a lot of good assets. And future picks. And their pick, Kessler, is way better than anyone thought he was going to be. Sorry, real quick on this Minnesota thing, and then we can move on. If Minnesota, if the bottom falls out somehow, and Minnesota turns out to be super bad... Danny Ainge would have to go down as the greatest GM of all time in the sense that he did that trade when he was with Boston to Brooklyn. And they like sucked and they after. were so bad, oh, they oh. gave him Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, the guys that are currently running the best team in the NBA. And then he'd do the same thing again with the Jazz in Minnesota. <laughs> so basically, be careful if you're doing an exchange with Danny Ainge. Yeah. Any else? Uh, any other things you touch as you want to talk about? Uh, do you guys think Markkinen's an all star? Yes or no? For sure. Especially with the game in Utah. Yeah, with the game in Utah, they'll they'll give Even us if the an game wasn't in Utah, though. Well, I don't know about that point, but in yeah, Utah, for sure. It's hard. The NBA is so good nowadays. It's hard. You know what I mean? And it's always been good, right? But like, you look at the West standings. There's like. I don't, let me look. Let me look right now. I would say, like, because you guys have been saying that we need the Jazz still need to trade people like Colleen Clarkson. If there are two players on the Jazz right now that I think are untouchable, I'm not. Maybe. Maybe Ochai's not because we haven't seen enough about him yet. But I would say Markkinen and Kessler are untouchable. Well, I think that's the beauty of Danny Ainge, and could be wrong. I mean, Ryan Smith is the owner, so maybe Ryan Smith steps in and says something. But if the Toronto Raptors called and they were like, okay, we really like what we've seen out of Walker, or excuse me, out of Larry Markinen. He's the kind of guy we like that's big and, you know, can defend multiple positions. We'll give you Pascal Siakam, Gary Trent, and a pick. Because they have, I mean, that's pretty good return. true. So I don't know if I would say, unless Ryan Smith steps in, I don't think any player is 100% safe with Danny Ainge. That's a good point. Real quick on the standings, I just wanted to mention. So Memphis right now is the one seed, and then you drop all the way down to the Lakers at 12. There's six games behind Memphis. So the point being is, really, there's not a lot of separation. So there's a lot of good players. Without it being in Utah, it would I'd say it'd be hard for Markinen to be an all-star. Well, there was a point in this season where it felt like the Jazz were playing a hard team every day. And that was just because the fact that Jesse said the NBA has just gotten to a level that's never been there. They're all good. They're all good. Every freaking team is good. There's this potential everywhere. Go Jazz. Go Jazz. It'll be interesting to see what happens. You know, I I would bet that there's going to be a move. As of right now, they're 17 and 15, I'm pretty sure. And... That's incredible. And, yeah. That's it is incredible. And who knows? They could go on a run and then end up with the third seed. And, you know? like, know. one thing that hasn't been really said, but they were one of the best teams when Mike Conley was playing with them. But once he got hurt, they kind of fell. Now he's back, and, like, they've beaten some already really good teams with him. But the Pelicans were, like, the hottest team in the NBA, and they beat them back-to-back. They had a really bad game against Milwaukee the other night. They play Cleveland tonight. Could be a really good game. But... Yeah. My... Uh, real quick on this, and then we can move on. This, this isn't jazz related. <laughs> but my worst case scenario right now for the NBA is that the Warriors Somehow. end up so bad that they get the number one oh, pick. I would pass out. If the Warriors get Wimbayama... That would be so bad. The Warriors are smart, though, because they know when they're going down that they might be able to pull that off they will just stop playing players i mean they're not they're still trying they just beat toronto the other night but i mean who knows that is a horrible situation this this draft is deep though when by far could be one of the best players ever though like that's just like his potential but this draft is deep 
So really quick too, Conley and Charlie is super, super good. Everyone loves Conley. Conley and Clarkson are the heart of the team, which is Conley's kind of scary. super, super good. What are the chances that he's going to get hurt again this year? He gets hurt a lot. It's because he's old. So when he plays, they're great. A.K.A. Laker guy. Horton Tucker? No, Davis. Anthony. Oh. When he plays, they're great. But he's glass. Well, Conley's not glass. Yeah, but Anthony Davis is. Yeah, so he's been hurt quite a bit. It's true. There's players out there that are incredible, but they always get injured. Like Dad made a point where Anthony Davis, when he is playing, is probably the best player in the NBA. Yeah. But he will get injured and it'll say three weeks and next thing you know it's season ending injury for what sure do you do? what do you do and that right there being available is one of the reasons Jalen Hurts is better than Justin Herbert <laughs> just saying all right we're not talking about we're not talking about that discussion in this podcast but yeah we will see it's hard to know still as jazz fans it's kind of nice because, like, years with Mitchell and Gobert, we had expectation. Like, we need to make the playoffs. Like, if we don't make the playoffs, the season's nothing. Where this one, we're kind of just going with the flow, honestly. I don't yeah, know if you great. guys feel And it's really not. It is so fun. It's, every, it's almost more fun. Yeah. It's you so never fun know to what to expect. Totally. Yeah. Like, before the season started, I was like, Lily, you know what? You don't have to worry about me watching very many jazz games this year. They're going to be so bad. And now we're watching jazz games again, so yeah. not sure if that's a good thing or bad thing for her. But and we're not watching it for the the jerseys. We're watching it for the team, right? Smack. The mountain jerseys are cool. I'll give you that. I don't mind the black jerseys either. Hey, try you bought one of the you bought some merch after they dropped oh, the unis. Oh, I'm a crazy jazz fan. I got merch. <laughs> I know they're already taking uh, what's Qualtrics right? Qualtrics like. Surveys. Surveys about new jerseys. So clearly yeah, he knows. Like he should have done the first time. Yeah, but clearly, that's okay. Clearly he knows he made a mistake. But good things going forward in the future for the Jazz, hopefully. Um, right now they are in a better spot than every Utah Jazz fan thought. So that's good. And that's what's important. Um, moving on from the Jazz, um, I want to talk a little bit about BYU and the fact that they're going to the Big 12 here soon, which is a great um, theme for their their college. Oh, also, um, we can talk a little bit. I feel like Dad would have enough a lot of information about this, but BYU just um, got rid of their defensive coordinator and hired uh, Jay Hill, the coach of uh, Weber State. And Dad, what? How did you think about? about this yeah so um i'll hit real fast both things you just mentioned charlie so as far as the big 12 i mean let's just count our lucky stars really that they decided that a year ago oh for sure because the basketball team is not that great this year no. and i know we beat utah the other day but let's just be honest we always beat utah in basketball always in basketball and um, even though Utah thinks they're good in basketball this year, we still beat them. And um, so the and the football team, wow. Uh, we won the last four games. We beat SMU by one. Those are all good things. But okay. it was well, it was before you finish though. You have to admit, beating SMU with a four string quarterback is pretty impressive. Okay, for sure, one point. But when we're talking about beating SMU as a super good, powerful win. In the New Mexico Bowl. It, it, when when okay, we're yeah. talking about a national yeah. scene. Yeah. Uh, it's true. got to be careful. There. Very true. So we won. That's a good thing. Now, um, so we got a lot of work out of us for the Big 12 based on football and basketball this oh, year. Especially basketball. I mean, big, big. And football, because TCU's in the playoff. Let me pose this question. What is, what are realistic hopes for football and basketball 
next year, first season in the Big 12. 500? Do we think that BYU can be 500? Is that a goal we should strive for? Do we think we're going to make a bowl game? Is that your question, basically? Well, for just, next year? Yeah, the first year in the Big 12. I, I'm not even 100% sure we can go 500. I don't so, know. I'm not positive. In either sport. And I'm not po- yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure BYU is going to make a bowl game next year. And that's okay. It'll take time. I think it's going to take some time. But as far as Jay Hill, so they, they brought on Jay Hill from Weber State. I got to be honest, I mean, I don't want to sound critical about Ogden or Weber State, but it's probably not the where every kid wants to go play college football. Weber State? And they had good teams. Because of him. Really good teams. People wanted to come and play for him. he built that program, and everything I've heard is he is awesome. And he is going to be so good. Kelly Papinga is an assistant coach. From Boise State. He played at BYU. Uh He was a linebacker. He helped coach linebackers with Van Noy and with uh, the 49ers linebacker. Fred Warner. Fred Warner. They love him. Those two guys love him. Gotta like the chances if he's helped coach those guys. We might get some pretty good linebackers. And he probably knows how to coach them. Yeah. He's this I think termed the special teams coach, but He'll he's help. gonna help with linebackers. Yeah, for sure. So we got a lot of work on football and basketball, but it's a step we're in the big twelve. Step forward for and sure. And to get out of independence oh. is so great. And I know Gonzaga was in um, WCC. WCC, and that was amazing. But some of those other teams, I watched those, and it was like going watching a game. It was like church basketball. And it, yeah. I'm like, there's like 20 people in the stands. And it feels a lot better to like lose to Iowa State than Portland. So I think it's a great thing. I'm just really fortunate. I think we're, in a way, really happy it happened before this year. So. Oh, for sure. And it's a total blessing. But it's super exciting as a BYU fan that they're, that they're going to the Big 12 finally. Independence has been rough, especially in football. But finally, we have a conference. And it's kind of nice because I feel like once you're in a conference, you want that conference to do well. Like, I don't know about you guys, but I wanted TCU to make the playoff. Like, I wanted them to make it. It feels like we got some brotherhood. Again. Yeah. We like, haven't had brotherhood. Like, I'm okay if the Big 12 wins the championship this year in basketball well, or football. Yeah, like, and, and you still have something to play for. I mean, yeah. you look at Utah this year. How many games did Utah end up losing? Three? three four? Um, let's see here. They lost to three. Florida. Three they, games. Okay, three games. You, BYU is an independent losing three games. There would be zero chance of making a bowl like the Rose Bowl. Yeah, so, I mean, exactly. in the future moving forward, even if you don't have, like, you know, you're going to the playoff, at least you're, you know, striving for a legitimate bowl game versus the New Mexico Bowl. I just, uh, it is uh, it's a big job. bit of a downer season for me personally. Yeah. I mean, do you remember a couple of weeks in? I think that BYU was in the top 10. I was at it. They beat we were, uh, Baylor. They beat Baylor. We were praising Jaron Hall, saying oh, yeah. he's going pro. Yeah. The defense I mean, looked good. They did it, look good. It was a big, big drop. They did. It, it hurt good. for sure. So, totally. I mean, how long have we been waiting to be into a Power 5 conference? I don't know exactly. I can't remember off the top of my head how long we've been in independent. But it's been a journey. I think every BYU fan will tell you they are super happy. Oh, for sure. But also, I think... Hopefully, every BYU fan just knows it's going to be rough. And Utah, obviously, is really good. So it's going to be a couple rough years of fandom with Utah probably continuing to be really good and BYU finding their footing. I think eventually they will. Utah, it took a couple years. They did not hit the Pac-12 and then automatically become champions. You know, it took took some time. So I think we just have to be patient. Utah, Utah is legit in football now. For a few years, Utah, and it, and we beat Utah last year. BYU beat Utah last year, and they still went to the Rose Bowl. Still, so it. it's not like I understand they probably are like bugged that we beat them, but it really doesn't matter to them. They still went to the Rose Bowl, mm-hmm. so 
it will be nice to be able to, you know, one day lose that game and still, like Jesse's saying, be able to go to a big bowl game versus, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Versus that game. Because with independence, you lose one game and then it's over. Basically, yeah. Yeah. Where, when you're playing for a conference, you're actually, there's like a, Championship in that conference, and you're playing to get there, right? You're yeah, trying to, it's and that's difference. way different. And those games actually matter. I don't know, like the, the independent games matter, kind of, but like when you're playing in someone in your conference, it means something more. Yeah, and I wonder too if uh, that happened maybe to a small degree with BYU football, even this year, that you know they lost that first game. And then it was kind of like, well, what do we play for now? Like, yeah. we're not making the playoff. Like, what's the point? Yeah. And then I wonder if they kind of lost kind of a mental edge and, you know, kind of, you know what I mean? Or if you lose that game and again, then you are like, okay, well, we still have a chance to win our conference. And you, you know what I mean? It, it feels it's a, a little difference. different. Mm-hmm. And I like how you brought up, because Utah, they get in the back 12 and it took them a couple of years. But dad's right. They... Are at a point in football where... They got it going on. Where... And I'm surprised, because last year, I thought... Man, like... They barely... Like, that Rose Bowl game was close, but Ohio State had a lot of people going to the NFL. I I thought they were overhyped this year, I'll be honest. But I can't say that anymore. Because they're going to the Rose Bowl now, and... They're kicking our trash, honestly, right now in recruiting. For sure, totally. like well, not even close. And it's the fact that they made themselves, they made made a name, uh, the name for themselves, going to the Pac twelve championship, constantly. And going to the Rose Bowl well, is a it's yeah. a big thing. And I mean, I don't know the odds for sure. Um, and you know, anything could happen. That's the beauty of sports. And Penn State is no slouch, but. There's probably a real good chance that Utah is for sure the favorite, and I think Utah for sure will win. So not only will they then be you know back to back Pac-12 champs, but they'll be a Rose Bowl champ. So So, that's that's and arguably if they don't lose the Florida, maybe. Uh yeah I know but that yeah it didn't happen. I'm just saying it didn't happen, but I don't know about maybe they could have. I'm just saying, if they did, if that Florida quarterback had not turned, if that Florida game had, for a night, then they might have made the playoffs. So, not to get too into religion, but um, it makes a big difference when you have these really good uh, high school players from Utah that are LDS, and all of them, the all all, all those four star guys are going to Utah. So Utah can get, right now, is getting those guys. Plus, they're getting all the four-star guys that... Would never go to BYU. That would never go to BYU. And if BYU can't get the star LDS players, it's tough. And I know that... I went to the U. I graduated from the University of Utah. So I'm not saying that the University of Utah is not a religious school, because it is. And there's a lot of LDS kids that go there, too. But, man, it's a big deal when BYU can't get those that, guys. That's not going to be an automatic thing, though. It's not like we're going to join the Big 12 and all of those guys Dad's talking about are automatically going to start coming back to BYU again. So Taki is going to have to coach up his players, and he's going to have to make BYU respectable in the Big 12 before those guys start coming back. Yeah. So it is going to be an uphill journey. I do think BYU is capable. Um, but again, it's going to take some time, so we'll have to exercise patience. And then basketball, we haven't even touched on. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how long we want this podcast to go on. I don't know what you're going to do there. I, I, I don't see a light at the end of the tunnel. Talking about how far and quick BYU football fell, it doesn't feel like that long ago we were saying Mark Pope was going to Duke. He was going to be the greatest coach who ever lived. He, like, I mean, talking about basketball, we're going to be playing Kansas, Texas, Baylor, Kansas State, Texas Tech, like back to back to back. And we barely sometimes like will win those games, maybe. But 
the chances are we're losing by 20 probably every game. Like, and it, that's just being honest. It's going to be rough. It's going to be rough. Um, who is the, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think, like, going back to the NBA, who has been the worst team that you can think of? Or this, even the NFL. This year? Just in general. Like, the Cleveland Browns? We'll stick with the Cleveland Browns. Have the Cleveland Browns really ever been good? At least in our lifetime? They had one year they, with Mayfield. Okay, with Baker Mayfield, okay, one year. It feels like for a while, at least, BYU basketball is going to be the Cleveland Browns of the Big 12. Yeah. Honestly, that is probably facts. Like, other teams are going to look at that game and be like, oh, for sure, that's like a bye. But, one... does. <laughs> That is true, but the fact that they are in the big that just the because the Big Twelve is the best conference in college basketball. I don't care what people say; it's true. It's not even close. Baylor and Kansas are back to back champs. BYU just the fact that they're going to be in the Big Twelve will be able to get some. I know, but recruiting. I don't know if they're that's not like an yeah, automatic thing. It's not. I know it's not, but like, like I don't know. If we're you're not going to be able to compete with like Kansas it, it, if you're teams. like a, a good recruit. And it's like, okay, do you want to go to Virginia or do you want to go to the Cleveland Browns of the Big 12? I think they're still picking Virginia. Yeah. Like, just because you switch to the Big 12 doesn't mean all of a sudden you get five-star recruits coming in hot. Like, you still have to be respectable. So the the BYU is going to have to figure that out. I do think, though, like we were talking about how Utah owns us in football, I do think BYU will... Own Utah in recruiting and basketball. Well, okay, wow. I mean that I uh, I probably, but that's not the bar I want to set. I know, but I'm I just mean, saying. Speaking of the Cleveland Browns, when was the last time Utah was good at basketball? I mean, they used to be with Majerus, but it's been the a only bit. time they were good is when I, they had Andrew Bogut. I mean, I think about that guy. I, they, did he, they go I know, far? I don't think I, they even went that far. The with only Logan. time in our lifetime, my lifetime, that I knew that he they were good is when they had DeLong right. That's basically it. Yeah, they, you're right. And uh, Pirtle. They were, that team was pretty good. Point being, that they've not been that good very often, no. at least the last 30 years. Yeah. Maybe a couple seasons. But So that's not the bar I want to set. <laughs> so, it's you, true. Yeah. I'm just saying, you, we, we, I'm just giving BYU some love because we gave Utah a lot of love. Utah is getting all the players that are good in high this school football in Utah this year. Basketball... I think the chances are pretty good. A lot of the high school players are going to want to play at BYU here in Utah. I agree. I'm just saying it's going to be an uphill battle, and BYU is going to have to prove to recruits that they can compete before they start necessarily reaping the full benefits of recruiting in a Power 5 conference. That's all I'm trying to say. Uphill battle for sure in the Big 12, but could be really cool down Oh, for sure. The I think future. long run, it'll be great. It'll long be awesome run, and it'll happen. It could be super cool. But it's not going to be automatic. Yeah. All right. I, I, do, I want to talk about the World Cup just a little bit. Um, so the World Cup just finished. Um, Argentina is, was victorious, so Messi now has his World Cup trophy. And Shout he, out to Sam Sliding, by the way. Sam Sliding, yeah. Served in Argentina. Served in Argentina. Go Messi. You should do a podcast with Sam. I should do a podcast with Sam. Sam, Sam if I'll, you're a listener, shout out. I'll do a podcast with you. Sam the man. Uh, Sam, love you, Sam. Sam's my cousin, by the way. Uh, Who can grow some serious facial hair. Yeah. Just throwing that out there. Sam I, can grow like the best mustache I've ever seen in my or, life. And beard, too. Man. And beard. It's true. Um, I, I lost my spot. Oh, yeah. So, Messi... Would you you guys have to say Messi, even before the world winning the World Cup final, is probably the best soccer player ever? Yeah, well, I don't know. I mean, I don't we don't know, know about sure. a lot about soccer, but it's a well known name. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know enough about soccer, but ever is a hard statement. I mean, Pele. But now, like, since he's like I know, but I'm this. just saying, like ever is hard. I don't know enough about soccer to say ever. I mean, you want to have the conversation, who's better, him or Ronaldo? They're both considered two greats. I would say Messi, for sure. It's better than Ronaldo. Yeah, I think we don't know much about soccer, but Messi wins that conversation now because he's got a World Cup uh, championship. Uh, a person to look forward in soccer, I don't know much about soccer, I'll be honest, but Mbappe for France, that guy's legit. 
He's good. So I watched a bunch of the soccer. I watched I watched a bunch of World It was Cup. entertaining this year. It was really good. And I walk away thinking, holy cow, the USA has oh. a long ways to go to be up with those For sure. Top but what teams. Well, I we, mean, isn't there more hope for USA soccer now than there's ever been? We had like the youngest team at yeah, the World Cup, I hope and so. they they like competed with some of these bigger countries or or historically better soccer countries. Like, I don't know, the tide may be turning. I mean, I I still think it's hard, and not to say that you know if if things were different, then we would win every soccer match because I'm not. I don't think that's the case, and I don't want to come across as like a USA supremacist because. That's not what I am, but I mean, there's if you're being honest, there's a good chance that USA's best athletes are playing other sports besides soccer, so USA's kind of going to be at a disadvantage there. But um, I don't know. It, it, my understanding Maybe was that hope. was the best team they've had in a while. Maybe there's hope. Yeah, I would say I agree with Jesse. Um, that game against Netherlands was like the biggest soccer game of the decade for USA, I think. So that's a big step. But Jetsy makes another good point that it's not our first focus here in our country. That's nothing, I mean, that's like not it, a takeaway though. Argentina yeah. probably would have, like we would have had the same results possibly either way. Yeah. So not to say like, oh, we have the best athletes in the world. If LeBron played soccer, we'd win the World Cup. LeBron as a goalie, though, man. (laughs) Just saying. Imagine having, like, Russell Westbrook as a striker with, like... Because he's fast. De'Aaron De'Aaron Fox. You got... uh, Tyree Kill. Tyree Kill and Justin Jefferson. Uh, Tom Brady throwing some passes in that (laughs) soccer match. It would be unreal. Justin Tucker. So the thing about soccer... So I served in Colombia back when Hamas Rodriguez broke onto the scene and won the... Like gold boot or whatever they called it. Mbappe wanted this year. It was so, so cool to see everybody support the same thing. Like, here in the U.S., you've got football fans, people who don't like football. You've got basketball fans and people who don't like basketball. But there, every single person was cheering for soccer. So that was really cool. So I, I really appreciate the culture and the history, but... And this is where, again, I'm maybe going to come across like an arrogant American. Soccer, I got to be honest, is so boring. When you get the penalty kicks at the end, that is prime time stuff. But you got to wait through like 100 minutes of like 2-2 to get there sometimes. (laughs) And I just, I can't. See, I I agree with you on the most part. In the World Cup, it was different for me. I think the fact that they're playing for their country just makes it more entertaining. But, like, I struggle, unless it's, like, Real. But if it's, like, just some normal soccer game, I struggle usually. But, like, the World Cup, I don't know if you had the same feeling, Dad, because you watched a lot of the World Cup. But I thought it was, like, a lot more entertaining this year. It was fun to watch. And I was very impressed with um, some of their athletes. Like, they're, they could handle the ball really well. And they're amazing what they, what they can do yeah. with the soccer ball in their feet. They all, for sure. One more thing I'm going to say negative about soccer. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to be back. They got to fix the, the flopping and the injury situation. I understand all sports have that. And, like, the Saints, that guy was faking an injury. And Marcus Smart for the Celtics, you know, is a flopper. But there is a lot of times a player goes down in soccer and he's down for a while. And then he gets up and he's like, oh, I was just kidding. So one thing I've, I've been thinking a lot about the flopping in soccer because it's true. But they don't have, like timeouts or like because they're constantly running okay well then take that up with the rule maker i know but the only way they can get like a rest is just flop that's i know but that's not legit that's not part of the game that's ridiculous it's true i don't know but yeah uh world cup was enjoyable uh argentina was the world cup champions Look forward to seeing the World Cup. It's coming to the USA, I'm pretty sure, actually. I heard that, too. World Cup, I'm pretty sure, is coming here. Can we get the US uh, Landon players. Donovan out of retirement? <laughs> Landon Donovan and Clint Dempsey are like soccer coaches. That's the guy I remember, USA soccer players, Landon yeah. Donovan. Do you not remember Clint Dempsey? He was the yeah. goalie, yeah? No, no he, was a, he was a guy Clint in Clint Dempsey was probably better. Tim Howard? Was that the goalie? Yeah. Yeah. 
that uh, team maybe won around. Yeah, it that? seems like they were pretty good, huh? In like Africa, I want to say. Yeah, South um, Africa. Yeah. I remember that. Anyways. But yeah, so maybe the I think since the fact that it's here going to be here in the U.S. four years, that USA if they can make a run for any. Uh, World Cup, it could be that one because it's in USA, so they're gonna be. We got a it. chance. We got a chance. All right, I don't have anything more with sports unless you guys want to say anything. No, we probably should switch to spicy to keep it. I mean, we're already at forty minutes for your listeners. It's okay. If you're listening this well, far, mom's also upstairs making dinner. So it's true. Thank you, mom, for making dinner. I probably should help at some point. Yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> wow, spicy. <laughs> All right, Jesse, I know you've wanted to talk about it. Charlie, I don't know if we got the time. You still want to talk about it, though. About what? You know what. You want to talk about Avatar? All right, we got to be quick. (laughs) Avatar Way of Water came out, right? (laughs) Sequel 13 years later to the number one grossing movie of all time. First off, I need to stand on a soapbox just real quick here feel like I've been reading a lot lately, a bunch of people saying like, oh, no one even likes the first Avatar, like, no one remembers the first Avatar. Well, it was, it feels like it was 30 years Well, okay, that's fine, but people weren't saying that about Top Gun, you know what I mean? So I just need to stand on a soapbox and say, y'all full of crap. Avatar, it was the number one grossing movie of all time. So you can all pretend like you didn't like it. Everyone and their dog went to the theater and saw that movie. I think a part of the problem was, is that when we saw the first one, we were told it was the second one was coming out in two years. Yeah, okay, well, okay. See, if you want me to get into this whole conversation about Avatar, that's like, a, seriously, like an hour and a half podcast on its own. <laughs> so if you want to schedule that, that's great. I can talk to you about why there was a delay and everything that was going on. But let's just focus real quick on the current one that's in theaters. Um... So, me and Charlie have both seen it. My dad hasn't, so we're just going to keep it very broad here. So, spoiler free. I loved it. I thought it was visually beautiful. I thought it was visually the most interesting movie I've seen probably since the first Avatar. I would throw Dune in that conversation too. But Dune was a little more like uh, gloom and doom. Where Avatar, you watch it and you're like, holy crap, that place is beautiful. I wish I could go there, like in real life. Um, also no one stages an action scene like James Cameron I don't know what it is the man's got if it's just like a frenetic energy but like you you just feel it when the action scenes start you're like oh my gosh you're on the edge of your seat it's it's good and I would say everyone go see it in a movie theater you might not think like oh my heck that movie changed my life like that story was so impactful but you go to a movie, like, what What do you go to a blockbuster for? Like, you go and see Endgame, are you going in because, oh my heck, this is going to change my life and I'm going to be a better person? You going in to sit on your butt for a couple of hours and be entertained? Because if that's the case, I'm not sure there's many movies that come close to pure entertainment value than Avatar in a theater in 3D. I mean, pure entertainment value, I'm not sure much comes close. Would you agree? You know, yeah, it was super entertaining, and people might be scared to see it because it's like three hours and like 12 minutes or something Which like that. Which is long. It's a long movie, but the fact that it's entertaining helps uh, it not feel that long. So Dad asked me, like, did it feel long? And I said, well, do you know what? I've certainly seen movies that are shorter that, felt that have felt longer, yeah. but any way you cut it, three hours is a long time. Yeah. Like, me and Lily, we went to it. You know, the show's time started at 2.05. Granted, you know, there's trailers. They started a few minutes late. But we were walking out, and it was like 5.50. So it's a long experience. But worth it. If, worth if it. If you enjoy... If you like going to see movies in a theater at all, uh-huh. you have to see this one. Because it will. it's still enjoyable on a TV. I still watch Avatar 1 to this day on TV, and I still enjoy it. But it's not the same experience as seeing it in 3D at a theater to get fully immersed. And if you are seeing Avatar in the theater, it has to be in 3D. Just trust us. Yeah, you have quick, to see it in comment 3D. Comment here. Lindsay, my sister Lindsay asked, like, oh, you know, I get nervous. That'll make me feel nauseous. 
there was a lot of movement going on. You know, I'm sure if you've seen the commercials, they're in the ocean, there's action. So there's a lot of like movement and things. I did not feel nauseous at all once. So I would not say that is a super big concern. Unless you know you get super motion sickness, maybe. I don't really. But if, if you don't, I'd say you're fine. Yeah, well said. Jesse, honestly, you could have a podcast, just talk about movies. He's very well Yes, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I could go again for an hour on the production. I could go for an hour on the box office. I've probably, since I watched it on Saturday, spent, I don't know, too much time reading articles and analysis about all that, so. If you needed like a list of movies or TV shows, just call my brother Jesse Walker or text him. He will make sure that you are treated well. All right. <laughs> I'll treat you good. Treat you good. Okay. So now, well, we've already been in Spice, but now I'm going to ask you guys the spiciest thing that's happened to you recently. So this is a good spicy. You know how there's good and bad spicy kind of, and we all know the difference? Yeah. So at my job, I do, I work in cells and at my job if you hit a certain quota at the end of the year they give you a bonus and the bonus is good and so this year I was asked by the company I work for to leave cells for two months and to help in recruiting and so I'm gonna fall short of the goal that I have to hit to get the bonus. It's going to be close, but I'm going to fall short. But for those two months, my company is going to average out what I did for the rest of the year, put it in for those two months, so I'm going to get my bonus. And Congrats. that is That's super awesome. cool, and I'm excited about it. That is good spice baby group hug in the showers tonight oh yeah that's so exciting or in that that's my good spice that's great awesome what about you jesse oh i don't know i should have thought about this before we started recording this podcast the spiciest thing that's happened to me recently well i mean mine and lily's we are recording this episode on monday december 19th I will celebrate my one-year anniversary married to my great wife, Lily, on the 21st. So no two days. Way. It's, all, it's already been a year. It's already been that's, a year. It's I knew it was in December. It was not in December, too. but that's crazy. So spicy, it's almost been a year. And then I'm sure spicy, you know, in two days. So. Um, Whoa, what? <laughs> what are you trying that, to say? Keep that on the DL. Wow. <laughs> Oh, no, cool. no, but yeah. hey, peachy, peachy, come on. Um, that's awesome. I'm trying to think of the spiciest thing that's happened to me recently. It's always hard. I always ask these questions. But... Hey, what about your competition? Oh, I guess I could Do talk about that. about that. No. So, I go to Utah Valley University, go Wolverines. Uh, Beat was, BYU again in basketball. Okay, let's not talk about that. Oh. But they did beat BYU in basketball. Go Wolverines. Uh, anyways, I was taking a presentations class um, this semester. And for some reason, I felt really comfortable giving my presentations, which were like seven, no, not seven, it's like six-minute presentations memorized. And my teacher came up to me and asked me if I would participate in a competition um, at UVU to win money. And I would win no money no matter what. And it was school-wide, right? School-wide. So I participated in this competition. And I took third place and got $200. So thank Yay, you. Charles. Really cool. My presentation go, was about listening to podcasts. It was awesome. I, Char, um, Jesse and I both went. You did a great job. So if you are listening this far, I appreciate it. It means a lot. Um, it's a lot of work to put these out, but I really enjoy it. But 
I encourage everyone to listening listen to a podcast about something that you enjoy because you really will be able to master a talent or master something that you love. And it's just enjoyable to master a talent or something like that. But yeah. Um, one more thing. I just have a question for both of you because I'm curious. Favorite Christmas movie just because it's Christmas time. Bam. I mean, in my mind, hands down, 100%, not even close, Christmas vacation. Okay. Uh, I gotta be honest, can't find it much anymore. Little old drummer boy. Oh, yeah. Do you like the version of... Do you like the version by Justin Bieber? Thank you um, for that. I agree with Jesse. Christmas Vacation or Elf are my favorite. Actually, we watched Home Alone too. I and mean, Home Alone's a good movie. For sure. It's funny. Yeah, Home Alone's great. Like, could you imagine being left alone? So, uh, me and Lily watched a little a couple of weeks ago, a week ago, I don't know, Falling for Christmas, which for those of you who don't know, oh, is dude. the Lindsay Lohan Christmas movie. You didn't oh. like it? Definite not recommend. <laughs> dude, Hard pass. You can't watch that stuff. Hard pass. On I understand your spouse might want to watch it. You gotta maybe like make dinner or something while she's watching that. A lot of, for sure we'll a watch lot that of, with her anytime. If she watches Avatar with me, I will watch that with her. A lot, a a lot of girls like those Christmas Hallmark movies. I'm oh, just saying, I'm sure there's some that are good out there. Falling for Christmas was not one of them. <laughs> oh, boy. That's tough. Chrissy yeah. doesn't really like that stuff too much. It's good. All right. Well, thank you, uh, Dad and Jesse, for helping me with this podcast. Always a pleasure. I'm Charlie, you rule. I will be on anytime you want. Charlie. Charlie rules. Charlie, you want to do a deep dive Avatar podcast? Let me know I'm here. Charlie rules. We could... Do- Maybe uh, we might have to do a deep dive once people have actually seen it because I know for a fact Jesse could go a while. Love you, bud. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Stay uh, spicy. <laughs> uh, thank you for listening. Uh, have a spicy week. And have a Merry Christmas. And remember that Christmas is not just for presents. It's about family and friends. And you know who taught me that? Cindy Luhu from The Grinch. Merry Christmas, everyone. Love you all. Good night.